this on the live show as well. All right, if you're just now tuning in, we're getting started with today's episode of Political Pulse. Thank you so much. All right, good afternoon, Grand Rapids. I am so excited to get started because you're just in time for another segment of Political Pulse with Denavia Boger. And so first, let's recap really quickly because a lot's been going on that we haven't quite discussed on the show and I wanna get into today's show, but really briefly, I wanna start with a few small things first. So, the weather finally broke and it's canvassing season. People are always asking me when they want to get involved in politics, when and how and where. When the weather gets nice like this and it's an election in August, any candidate that you have seen, any issue that you've heard about and want to get involved in, now is the time to do it. I kid you not, volunteers are the lifeline of every campaign, so if there's someone that you've heard about that you want to get involved with, they're looking for you right now. You can probably Facebook them or email them, and they'll invite you to come canvass with them because when the weather is nice, Everybody is on doors, so also expect some stranger to walk up to you and knock on your door and tell you to vote in August. You've been warned. So get involved this canvassing season. Also, I haven't talked about this yet on Political Pulse, but as you all know, in April, Third Ward City Commissioner David Allen announced that he's stepping down effective June 12th. June 12th is fast approaching, so the city of Grand Rapids is in the midst of the cycle that we talked about last year. Same as when Rosalind Bliss was elected mayor, there was a vacancy for the second ward seat, and we talked about it on Political Pulse when the city commission had to appoint a new person to fill her seat. They are in that position right now for this third ward commissioner seat. But before David Allen leaves, he's going to come on Political Pulse later this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, the, um, the real impetus for him stepping back, his work with the Kent County Land Bank, and a little bit about what he's accomplished since first taking office in January of 2016. So that's coming up soon. I always tell people don't miss Political Pulse because every show is going to be pertaining to you, relating to you in some way. After David Allen, we're going to be finishing out the month talking to Raynard Ross on the GRPS school board, the chair of the um, current Grand Rapids Police Department um, Policy and Procedure Review Task Force. So me and Raynard are going to have a really important conversation about what it is that they are doing. And if you're going to want to show up to that June meeting, I don't encourage listeners to waste their time. So we're going to ask the important questions so you know exactly what you're walking into if you decide to join that police policy and procedure review task force meeting in June. And then we're going to start June. It's one of my favorite months. I love summer. We're going to start June talking to County Commissioner Jim Tallon and then also talking to the legalized Michigan candidates right here in Grand Rapids. We're going to talk about this campaign to make marijuana recreational use available right here in the state of Michigan. So don't miss Political Pulse every Tuesday at 12 and Friday at five. I've got some good stuff for you, so don't miss out. And today is no exception, because today we're going to be talking to the newly um, hired county administrator. So I've got him right here in the studio with me, you guys, and I'm so excited about today's show, because of all the interesting people that I get to talk to, I also get to like talk to people about government, but not someone who's had a traditional pathway, I guess, to government. I'm actually sitting in the studio with a former uh, Los Angeles Laker and Detroit Piston NBA player who happens to also be the current county administrator, Mr. Wayman Britt. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on your show. This is really wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think oftentimes when we talk about government, sometimes like the county just gets skipped over. Like yeah. people want to talk about city government. They want to talk about state politics. But then like what's happening at the county, nobody really knows, right? right. And you guys do so much important yeah. stuff. 
for years and years, I didn't know what the county was about. <laughs> the only thing I knew about the county was that we cleaned the floors in Genesee County. I cleaned their floors and I held department <laughs> in the prosecutor's office years and years ago when I was in high school. Yeah. So I didn't know much about government, but I know a lot about it today. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, it's an interesting um, area that uh, I feel in government because people don't know. We do a lot for this community that people don't know about. It's just simple things like how do we deal with your trash? You know, where does it go? How do we deal with that? And of course, our political, our uh, uh, safety and public uh, system for the um, correction facility and uh, our courts, all of that stuff rose up under the county. So there's 26 departments, mm -hmm. and most people don't know what those departments do. We have the health department, for instance, and that does immunizations. We have clinics that uh, provide WIC for citizens who are not uh, fortunate and well off. And we deal with a lot of po poverty issues kind of under the, under the radar, things like Medicaid for people. We, we're a conduit for the state and federal government to provide funding for, for citizens that aren't able to uh, meet their needs. Absolutely. I mean, the county is, is, is huge, right? So you've got over 400,000 residents, right? You've got over 1,000. 600,000. Oh, I'm sorry. 600,000 residents, yes. You've got over, almost 2,000 employees, right? I think it's 1,700 employees last I heard. Right. And a budget of over $417 million. Uh, as right. of what I was approved this, this past year. Uh, so that's, that's big work, right? How did you get to this place? Before we get into the county, I just want to introduce listeners to Wayman Brent, right? Because wow. you're an interesting person to me. How did you go... From, I don't even know who you were in high school, but like <clears throat> pro well, ball player to <clears throat> county government official. Was this well, a okay. plan? So let's back it up. So I came <laughs> from North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina and moved okay. to Michigan back in 69 uh, in Flint. I lived in Flint throughout my uh, junior high school, senior year, and uh, moved to um, California with the Lakers after college. But... Um, came back to Grand Rapids resulting from being cut from the Lakers. Um, they had a team here called the Tackers, and so my agent said, come to Grand Rapids to keep your skills intact because of distance has your rights. At the time, the ABA had folded, so a lot of the players that were on the Lakers team kind of nudged me out, and then the next year, um, they reduced the squads from 12-man roster to an 11-man roster, and that was odd man out, and so I came back to Grand Rapids, began working at Michigan National Bank, actually it was called Central Bank at the time, and um, then I had the decision to go to Steelcase. I worked at Steelcase for 24 years in operations management employer relations, and through that process I got a chance to interact a lot with nonprofits and with the Department of Human Services that the County of Kent is very involved with, so I got a chance to see some of the workings of Kent County government. In fact, I remember one day that the uh, administrator controller at the time, his name was Dick Platty. I wrote a letter to him and said to him, you know, we really need to do something to diversify the county because having served on the DHS board, um, I got to see the plight of our community a lot and I felt like we need to diversify the county. And so I wrote a letter and then he asked me to come down to help with the search process to identify the first person that worked in that diversity inclusion department. Um, then after that, uh, time rolled on and of course Steelcase downsized. Um, and then I, I had a, a chance to identify what my skill sets were through a company called Right Management. <clears throat> and what they said that I had a proclivity for was finance and uh, working with people and government. And I didn't realize that, although I had some experience in finance, having run 
you know, two factories, context factory four, and uh, two and three at Steelcase, and it had a budget of about 66 million that I ran and uh, was responsible for the staff. But I'd never had the experience of actually working in government, per se, except for serving on boards. But all of the experiences that I got working inside of that company gave me this understanding about how do we manage things? How do we work with people? How do we improve performance? And all of those things is what the county was looking for in the assistant administrator role. So I interviewed for the job, and uh, the board chair said he's the guy. He's the one for this job. And I had no idea uh, <clears throat> that they would call me two weeks later and say, we want to offer you an opportunity to come work for the county. So that's how it kind of, you know, just shrink it down to uh, a few uh, paragraphs, basically, that I had skill sets that I, I developed over time about how, to work, how do we work with people, how do we get things done, and the county was looking for that. So it sounds like kind of what drew you into the work, at least the, the initial point of entry for you, was around this desire to help foster diversity and inclusion yes. on a larger scale. So, and, and I say this because I know sometimes in government, especially when you're a person of color, a lot of times mm -hmm. the things you see are oftentimes greatly mm -hmm. impacted by your own identity and mm -hmm. the experience that you mm -hmm. have in the community. Mm -hmm. How did your identity as a black man kind of play into your desires to see mm -hmm. the county function or mm -hmm. operate differently? Yeah. When I was at Steelcase, I worked in employee relations, and there we had to wear two hats. We had to work where they had management and wore the hat of kind of the union person, although there wasn't a union. I got a chance to uh, really see the, the disparities, the differences in how people were being treated. In fact, we had a racial killing racism uh, program that uh, the county, uh, that Steelcase put on it. And I uh, had a, an awakening of what was happening to me there, in fact, um, in my 24 years. I recognized that I was like the guy that was in the video that uh, was a part of that class. And he talked about the fact that he was swimming in shark-infested waters trying to navigate the system, the culture, the company that he worked at. And for so long, my uh, employer allowed uh, myself and some of the other employer relations managers to deal with some of the issues that were happening out in the plants where people weren't being treated fairly. So we would be called upon to address certain issues. So I had, I learned um, from that experience that if you don't have someone that's pushing the issue, advocating for issues, uh, then typically, uh, and, and really uh, breaking it down for people, people will just continue to do what they've been doing. Uh, so that experience led to this concept of how do I go beyond just this small area of the county, steel case, and how do I take it to a, another level? The county is a pretty broad area. We, we have uh, a very broad area that we can impact. So um, I pushed that forward with the help of uh, our uh, former director, in fact, Ever Mir, uh, who was at, the, who was at uh, the Department of Human Services, who understood, too, what was happening with young African Americans that were uh, being placed in leadership roles, in management roles, and if they didn't have the support system, the network, their work, they were going to have a hard time uh, surviving. So he saw that I was being successful, had been successful in my role at Steelcase, and felt that 
somehow we've got to educate the community about how that can work in other places. And the county had a lot of different departments and had a lot of influence in the community. It says, you should talk with Dick Platty. And so that's how the letter came about. Mm -hmm. I had had no idea that I would be filling the role that Dick Platty filled at the time. He was on the second floor, now I'm on the third floor. <laughs> the office is located above where he's at. He was at. Had no idea that that would happen, but God has a plan. And I think that he already knew, I think he knew what my, my uh, destiny was about. You know, the, the seed that was planted in me was to be a person that uh, was standing in the gap, that pushed issues, and was able to tell, I, I believe that my goal in life is to raise the issues, confront the issues, communicate it, help people to understand, and grow their ability to want to change things. That's what I believe my role is. And, um, you know, I think my background in sports really led a lot to that ability to do that, and, and a big family. Being able to work with, deal with people from different backgrounds, and to get people to work together to get things done. I think all of that um, enables me to do what I do today in my role. So I, I come at it from a very different perspective. I don't come at it with this authoritative uh, kind of uh, autocratic mindset and getting things done. Although I can be tough when I need to be. I will confront things when I need to be. But most often, I come with a softer approach and try to get people to understand uh, what the issues are. And, and, and through that process, hopefully they stay at the table and then can work with us to solve the bigger issues that are out there affecting the community. So I see my role as a convener uh, of, of the spirit groups in our community to figure out how we can get to, to the point that we can say, this is the problem, how can we solve it? So the administrative role is a very unique role. I have five elected officials that I also share the role of running the county with, um, along with my board of commissioners, 19. Uh, so it's not me alone, it's a team effort. And so we have the sheriff, the prosecutor, the uh, judges, and all the courts, the district court, the circuit court, drain commissioner, uh, the clerk, registered deed. They all are part of Kent County and making this county uh, what it is today. So the question is, how can I work with the sheriff and the prosecutor to, to deal with the budget, number one, and then how can I work with them to figure out how we can improve things, the conditions of our community, with the few dollars that we have. $417 million is not a lot of money. Uh, it is to some, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would take it. I mean, I don't know yeah. about you. I would. I mean, I'd, I'd be all right with $417 million in my pocket. Yeah. I'm not a county government, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it, it goes fast. We have to be careful about keeping reserves and have enough cash uh, flow to be able to pay our bills. And, uh, Take Absolutely. Care of yeah. So before you were county administrator, though, and we'll get into your hiring process in just a second, you served as, a, as the assistant to the county administrator yeah. for 14 years. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, I did. And, and during that 14 years, were there some major issues that you think you were impactful in bringing to light or some major project that you got to tackle sure. that really made a difference, you think, most yeah. visibly in the county? Yeah. For one, the human services complex that currently resides at 121 Franklin used to be at 415 Franklin, and for years that building was an eyesore. It really did not accommodate the people that were being served in the community, and it did not, it really wasn't the kind of place that you wanted workers to be in. I mean, it's a very stressful job dealing with child welfare and foster care and 
you know, placing people out of their homes, you know, when uh, abuse and neglect happens. Not a good place for people to interact in. So one of my first jobs was to figure out where to relocate that service. And um, fortunately, I worked out uh, arrangements with the city of Grand Rapids, the Grand Rapids Public Schools, the state of Michigan, and all, and, and several of the other uh, community groups, including ICCF, and the Citizens for uh, Representative Government related to the property at 121 Franklin, the mm -hmm. old Sheldon complex, landed on the idea to locate that facility there. And it took a lot of uh, social skills as well as technical skills to figure that out, working with the state of Michigan, the Department of Management and Budget, and uh, Department of Health and Human Services to figure that out. They uh, provide 90% of the funding to support the bonds that that building is uh, uh, was built with. It's a $330 million project, 133,000 square foot building, uh, one of the best uh, facilities in the state. So very pleased with that. Uh, with my sports background, I blended that with my experience working with people again, and we created the West Michigan Sports Commission, which is in its 15th year, about you know, 12, 15 years. And it's done some wonderful jobs in terms of bringing people to this community. Uh, we now have a eight-field baseball complex out in Rockford. We have every year uh, a State of Michigan games that we produce. Uh, it's now winter and summer games. We brought the first uh, National Golden Gloves event here to Grand Rapids with Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. uh, and Leonard Elby worked that out, first major event, sports commission. We just had John Lee line here, my uh, former alma mater, uh, University of Michigan head coach. Got him here last week or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Spoke at the bank. It was sold out. Um, so we're we're bringing people together around the idea of enriching the lives of young people through sports and creating this venue for kids to learn how to work together, how to build their leadership ability through sports uh, to grow the quality of life. So we're really proud about that. There are many other projects that I'm proud of. Uh, one being uh, working with the state of Michigan to create uh, this program called the Kent School Services Network and uh, working with our partners in the community where we provide services in the schools to help kids uh, to be better prepared to learn uh, and so that we alleviate some of the problems that the teachers and the principals are having with students when they're not uh, really in a good place to listen and to, uh, to deal with the rigors of class. Um, really proud about that. There's lots of things that we're doing and, and we're not stopping, there's more. So we, we really want to figure out what we can do to level the playing field for all citizenry in this community, uh, not just you know the correction facility. We're, we're not about just locking people up. We're about creating wealth for the broader community, not just for some, but for all. So, my goal is to figure out how we can uh, kind of raise the playing field, uh, level the playing field for many of our residents to enjoy the beautiful uh, community that we have. Absolutely. And so now at the helm, now, now uh, so that's kind of the 14 years as county ad, uh, assistant county administrator. But since this year, you were sworn in, uh, I believe, in January. Um, January 25th. January 25th, there we go, uh, as the new county administrator. And, and now, like you kind of talked about in the very beginning, right, it's, it's your job to kind of oversee alongside your team all these really integral systems that right. kind of 
really have, a, have major implications on residents' quality of life. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned some of the services from like running the, the county jail mm-hmm. to the health department for the county or the prosecutor's office or the veteran mm-hmm. services or even just elections or mm-hmm. the zoo mm-hmm. and parks, right? A lot of things that the county oversees um, yeah. have major equity ap- application, sure. uh, implications, right? Yeah. And I, I know most recently, right, and in, in not just in Grand Rapids, but all over, uh, people have had um, you see more of a major push, right, for government to not only grow more transparent, for government to become more mm-hmm. um, more responsive to things that are happening. And now as a leader at, at the county level, um, that's kind of that, all that kind of falls on your plate. Yes, it does. And that's, so that's, that's a, major. That's, that's a challenge. That's, that's major. So my team and I, the, the, the group that um, I oversee, we've been meeting for the past uh, four or five months, identifying what our strategies and our goals are. And one of the key issues that we framed is the fact that we need to increase the awareness of what county government does, increase the transparency of, of, of our organization, and make sure that people understand what services are available. So that is a, that's one of the five or six things that we've identified. Mm-hmm. So through that process, we've identified, one, we need to make sure that we elevate the role of the communications and public relations director position for the county. So we'll be announcing soon a new person that will be taking Lisa Plant's role. Okay. They're very integral role in that that person takes the information from either our board meetings or committee meetings and uh, our planning sessions, and they make that information available to people, either through print media, social media, on the internet. Um, we need to elevate our ability to get the word out about what we do, mm-hmm. why we do it, and what we've accomplished, and so that people understand there's a lot that they can have influence with if we only educated people, give them the knowledge about what's available, I think then we would be in a better place in terms of having a community-wide effort around our issues. So we need to make sure that people first know what county government is, what it does, the value it brings, the value proposition, and then from there, I think people will get wise to the fact, hmm, maybe if I were to be a part of this committee or this, this commission, uh, that the county has that deals with, for instance, the front of the court. We mm-hmm. have a front of the court that uh, uh, deals with child support for people that are not paying their, uh, you know, their part of, uh, of a kid's life, taking care of their life. How can they get involved in that area? Um, and you mentioned the parks. You know, what can they do in terms of helping to beautify our parks. For instance, we have Millennium Park. How many people know about Millennium Park and how many people access that park? It's a beautiful asset. It's a beautiful place. Millions of dollars have been poured into that facility. So how can we get them to take advantage of that resource? And when you think about transparency, uh, there's a lot of information, but breaking it down so people can understand it. I mean, it's, some of the stuff is very complex. I mean, it's taken me 14 years to get to the point that I halfway understand it and know what it is, what it means, what, what we are about, what we need to do. It just takes a while. So we've got to make sure that we make it easy for people to understand. We've got a wonderful model that's happening in our front of the court, for instance. They've created a, um, some segments, some videos that talks people through what the front of the court is about, how do they deal with 
issues related to child support and so forth, and, and made some really cool videos working with some students in the in the Gravis Public Schools, I believe. And uh, that was unique, very innovative process to help people understand what it's about, how they need to be informed so that they don't end up with this mushroom of a bill that will come due if they don't get involved in making sure that they're in their kid's life, that they're taking the time to uh, understand how to work with the system so that they can not be hit again with more costs because they weren't aware of how the process works. So we need to educate people about our judicial system. We need to educate people what resources are available when they get in trouble with um, their taxes, for instance. They get behind on their taxes. What happens from, from, from our standpoint and how to make sure that they uh, are in, ahead of all the things that they need to do if they're running a business, for instance, making sure that they have all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted and they have, um, you know, the types of uh, structures in place so that they are successful. Um, so a lot of that. A lot of these departments, um, you hear about all the time, but you never know how to really engage with them, right? I, I recently had guests on Political Pulse who mm -hmm. were talking specifically about immigration, and they were talking about uh, having conversations with the Sheriff Department about whether or not they would be in cooperation with ICE, right? Mm -hmm. That was a really big thing to them. Like, sure. okay, we could get pulled over by a Grand Rapids Police Department officer, but we could also get pulled over by a Kent County Sheriff. And that could be, you know, leading to someone being deported and torn away from their family. Sure. How have you guys worked to kind of foster relationships with those kind of communities who have very specific needs, like those of immigrants or people of color or the disabled yeah. community or yeah. so on and so forth? So the outreach that the Sheriff Department does, I think, uh, is really, really been strong. I mean, we have... Um, uh, officers that are in the schools who are there in, in certain school districts, not the Grants school districts, of course, but in the outlying areas that help to bring a resource to, the, to that school so that hopefully most parents that are there, they can realize we're not there to harm, but we're there to help. That's number one. And that's sure. the Kent County Sheriff's? Kent County Sheriff's Department. Okay. So we're there to help, not to hurt, not to harm. And, and I think that the culture that we have, I believe the culture that we have at the Sheriff's Department is one that believes, first of all, that we value people mm -hmm. and that we're not there to set people back, but we're there to help people. It's not that we're in the business of locking people up. It's about what can we do to minimize people being locked up and reduce the time that they're locked up. Now, if they're, if they're doing things that are harmful, that are hurtful, mm -hmm. that are against the law, then of course, they have to go through the judicial process the system and they will be locked up. But while they're there, what can we do to make sure when they leave that they have the ability to not return? So there are lots of programs that we provide inside that system so that there isn't that recidivism that occurs when people get out. I think the posture and the attitude uh, that we have is that we don't want anybody in the system. We want alternative solutions. But if the law states that if they get a call, whether that's from the FBI or wherever it is, we cannot break the law. We have to step forward and do our jobs. Mm -hmm. But in the meanwhile, we're going to do everything that we can to educate people about their rights, about what they need to do to avoid having to be locked up. We're going to do everything that we can. And that's the attitude that we have. We don't want people 
in the correctional facility. Now, that also has major implications in the prosecutor's office too, right? Because ultimately, outside of you know getting an order, uh, an arrest warrant from ICE and right. being made to execute that warrant or work in conjunction with them, when it comes to uh, others in the community in Kent County, um, and, and the rate at which we prosecute those individuals, I, I know you said the attitude is that we don't want people in the system, right? right. If they don't have to be. Right. In what ways have you used your role as a county administrator okay. to kind of um, either decriminalize or make it harder to uh, to incarcerate right. or um, to add some leverage to citizens that right. are trying to be right. law-abiding and, right. and do their best to, to be contributing to the society? Sure. Well, there are several things that we do. One, we have, when people make bad decisions, when they end up in our system, um, hopefully it's not a life or death situation where most people find themselves and they're in our system. And then when that's not the case, when it is the case that they're not a life or death situation that they were involved with, we, we have been very cognizant of the fact that life happens. And so we've developed several different types of courts. We have a girls court, for instance, at the uh, circuit court, Judge Gardner and her team, they work with young kids who are maybe not aware of the decisions that they make that ends up bringing them to court. And so if we can get in there soon enough to figure out what can we do to reduce that delinquency or that attitude that's going on, we pair them up with uh, workers, social workers, people who understand how the world of our society works, and we hopefully will get in there and, 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 and uh, deal with the breach that, that occurred. We have a veterans court that's been mobilized, a mental health court that's been mobilized over the last few years. So it's, then, in addition to that, our prosecutor has uh, really developed a really good model working with uh, inner city uh, uh, groups like the Hispanic Center, the Urban League, and others to figure out what we can do to get out ahead of educating people about what the law is and what we can do to assist those who are victimized, those families who oftentimes don't know how the system works. So, or even those that are oftentimes through the court system criminalized further by their poverty, right? Right. The fine system at the court right. sometimes can, right. can be a major barrier to Absolutely. some people in staying right. uh, on, on the right side of the law. Right. At the 61st District Court, our uh, judge uh, created a program where we will allow you when, when, you're, when you have a, a, a minor crime, if it's something that we can figure out based on your income, you can't afford to pay. We don't want to lock you up. It, we, better off for us to figure out how to help you get employed, first of all, or not lock you up while you're employed so that you don't have the ability to pay off your, your, your bill, the uh, ticket or the uh, whatever the restitution is. So we, we feel that it's very important that we don't assume that everybody's in that comfortable place where they can afford to pay their rent, pay their utility, pay their car note, and all these other things that they need to pay in addition to a ticket. Let's figure out, first of all, what is their income level? What can we do to deal with the restitution now? There's definitely, you, do, you, you commit a crime, you need to wrestle with the fact that either you could end up in jail for a couple of days, and that's okay, because maybe that's what's needed. But for those who can't pay, why keep them locked up months and months of time where they end up with no ability to pay back 
the ticket anyway because they lost their job. Mm -hmm. So we've we've figured that out. So in fact, they were recognized last year for this program um, at the 61st District Court. What we're trying to do is ex accelerate or excite, motivate people to identify programs like that instead of just doing the same old thing. No, let's figure out how we can save money, how we can save lives. And so we have a program that we created two years ago that, under my leadership, uh, the Excellence in Action Program, where we recognize departments for the innovativeness, the community impact, the collaboration, uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion that they're, they're involved with some of the programs and services that they've created so that we can celebrate it and then also share it. Here's that best practice. Here's how they did it. Here's who they work with in the community. I mean, that's what we really want these departments to do. Uh, we don't need to put more burden on the taxpayer, taxpayers building more jails. We need to figure out how to reduce the need to place people in jail. That's what we need to do. And, and uh, get ahead of that so that we can have more people that are going on getting a degree and getting a, a skill so that they can be employed, mm -hmm. so that we can uh, have a great economy. That's what we need to figure out. Well, then you have quite a task ahead of you, my friend, as, as a new county administrator, because that, that's, that's the work, right? That's, that's the work that, that a lot of people in King County have said that they want to have done. It's just always easier said than done, it's right? It's always easier said than done. These systems and these institutions are age-old, right? And they are not designed necessarily to keep people out. They are designed to catch as many people as possible. And it's oftentimes financially lucrative to continue um, to give mm -hmm. fines and to, to, you know, incarcerate. And so there, there's always a challenge and there's always a pushback to that, you know? Mm -hmm. How do residents get involved with the county? I know you guys have boards and commissions specifically yeah. about so many uh, different areas that residents may want to be well, uh, involved in. So a, a, a wonderful way to find out all of the county programs is through our website, www.accesskent. Uh, really is a great place to see all of our committees, our, our boards, our commissions. They can see all of that stuff. We're streaming live uh, broadcasts of all of our board meetings now so that they can watch that as well on YouTube. So any, any department that you'd like to know more about, it's all there on the website, on Access Kent. And uh, we, we break down their, their uh, programs and services so they understand what those departments do. We talk about the commissions and committees and boards that associate associated with the various departments so that they have a desire to maybe one day want to be a, a part of that committee or board or run for uh, county commission. All that information is right there on the website. So I would say that's the best way or they can call my office 632-7577 and uh, we'll point them to the right person. If I can help them, I'll help them. But um, we want to make sure that people um, have uh, a better understanding about what we provide. So we're going to elevate our website. In fact, we're going to be updating it uh, even more so, so that people know. So that's probably the best way for people to figure out what they want to do, uh, if they want uh, to understand what we do, if they have a need to want to serve in any, any role within the county to help people. I mean, I came to Kent County to serve others. That's, that's my motto, my, my, job, my job in life. My purpose in life is to serve other people. And uh, there are lots of people in our community that think a lot like that, like you do. Mm -hmm. I think you think like that. 
where your role in life is not to serve yourself, but is to help your fellow man to figure out how we can help each other to be better. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I think it depends on the struggles that I face, right? I, I don't learn that about inequity until I experience it oftentimes. As many books as I read, right? Yeah. I didn't know about Friend of the Court or I didn't know yeah. about any of the services or the, the need for child care even until right. I had my own son, right? Single black right. mom experience is completely different from young right. college student experience, right? So understanding once you have to interact with the county that you need help, you need services, mm -hmm. where do you go, how do you get them, and then walking into a room and realizing that the county is responsible for way more than you knew, and yeah. that there are these board of commissioners, and that there are yeah. these administrators, and they all work together, and yeah. and that, that was that was huge yeah. for me, right? This right. has been been new, learning to engage right. with the county and, right. and understanding the county right. services. Right. And as I learn more that people need to know, I'm always like, okay, yes. let's chat about this on Political Pulse. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm really uh, proud of you and you what you've done. I've seen your work and and uh, just uh, just a bright light. So what we need to do is grow more more people like you in our community that are excited about you know figuring out how to make life be more impactful and, and, and figuring out how you can have an impact on, on this community. That's what I hope to see. Grow more people like you. We need we need to put more of you inside of our organizations is what we need to do. Now well, I'm not offering I, your I, job I, today. All I'm saying, say, my, my thought has always been though, right, I'm 24, and my, my, my motivation is always, how do I do what's best for Brayden, right? I have my own forms of struggle and, and, and need as a single black mom, but I also know my son will have to encounter things as a young black man as he grows up, right? right. Where do I position myself to make sure we have the best quality of life possible? Where are their jobs? Where are their good schools? Where yeah. are their access to well-kept parks? Yeah. Where is their access to good health care? Where is their access to great recreation that's stimulating and that, that's going to allow yeah. us to thrive as humans, right? That's yeah. always the goal. And so as I learn more about Kent County, as I learn more about Grand Rapids, I learn more about what my role is in, in all of it, the bigger picture, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about Political Pulse. I, I'm excited to have listeners who tune in to go on this journey with me, to take in this information with me, to yeah. ask great questions and to get involved. Because I think that's so, what it's all about. It is awesome. It's awesome that uh, you have that. Uh, you've got that purpose. You've got that. You've got that uh, idea about life that's a broader than 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 a lot of people. And I think that you continue to serve in this role. I mean, it's it's great that you're getting the word out. Uh, can't thank you enough for having me on your show today. And hopefully, uh, people learn a little bit more about what county government is about, a little bit more about me, who I am, and so forth. And how we can help each other, how I can help you, how I can help other people to become and be all that they, they want to be. Well, you have an open invitation back to Political Pulse. I'm sure I'll be calling on you when I have more questions about something happening at the county level because that's what it's all about. It's fluid. So thank you so much for joining me today. If you want to connect, as you've heard already on the show, please check out www.accesskent.com. Is it gov.com? Dot com. Okay. Go to accesskent.com. Check out the work that they're doing with the sheriff's department, with Susan Parks, with elections, with the health department, the prosecutor's office, the courts. Um, read about their community action work right now to eliminate the causes and circumstances of poverty. If you have food emergencies or need utility assistance or uh, medical assistance or enrollment in any of these like housing choice voucher programs, homeless prevention programs, home rehabilitation programs, or community development block grants, check out the website 
website. I am a nerd. You guys know I spend a lot of time reading a whole lot of stuff and I read a lot of data and it just sits in my brain. This is another great website to go to for information about the county, not just uh, to fill a gap in your own household or in your own uh, life, but check it out. You, it will definitely be worth it for you. And when all else fails, reach out to the new county administrator, Wayne and Britt. Tell them what's on your mind. I am telling them right now to reach out to you. Uh, give them your phone number one more time for me. 616-632-7577. What an approachable guy. We, we actually ran into each other earlier at the K-Connect conference. And you guys know I, I love that conference. I talk about it every year on my show. Uh, all their quarterly accountability partner uh, meetings because... I have a one-year-old, so naturally, I selfishly want data around early child care or um, from pregnancy through pre-K. I'm always fascinated by the work group information there, and they just appointed two new chairs, uh, Dr. Uh, Nietzsche, uh, who was just recently the Woman of the Year for the West Michigan Woman Magazine Brilliance Award. She got a, a Brilliance Award the same night I did. She's phenomenal. And then also Christina Donaldson, uh, who I met through K-Connect a while ago. Just phenomenal. Two great black women leading this work group. So I went to that K-Connect meeting and was just blown away by their systems maps. And of course, they've had Neil Carlson doing that work. And it's just extraordinary. I'm yeah. such a dork. I love it. So um, I've been seeing you out in the community a lot, kind of yeah. at the front of yeah. what Kent County is trying and to again, do. And again, the county pushed that forward. You know, I, we, we'll take a little credit for that one. We work with our partners, but it's so wonderful. You just talked about that. What a wonderful idea. And it will have some significant impact in our community eventually. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to bring you back because there's so much more to talk about. Okay. I've got so many more questions. But thank you so much to everyone who tuned in today. Uh, every Tuesday at noon and every Friday at 5, you can tune in to 97.3. We're going to do this all over again. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier about what you can expect from the upcoming shows. Feel free to call in. Feel free to check out the Facebook live stream to like 97.3 on Instagram and all the other platforms, wherever the cool kids are. I'm sure 97.3 is there. Um, but for today, thank you so much for listening to uh, Political Pulse with Denavi Moje. See you guys then. You are a bright light, And if you're watching on the Facebook live stream, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and taking this journey with us today. Feel free to share this video with your networks. Feel free to comment if you have questions. I'll tag underneath and we'll, I've already dropped the link to the website below. If you want to go ahead and click on it right now and head straight to the Access Kent website and continue to tune in, like I said, every Tuesday at noon and Friday at 5. Uh, this is fun for me. I'm sure it's fun for you guys. Thank you so much for watching.